Here at Seeds, you know we love bragging about our guests. And today, I can't be more excited to brag about the founder of Shape and Foster, Callum, who joined us in our first episode for 2021. If you haven't checked out shapeandfoster.com yet, it is a lifestyle development app that provides monthly actionable insights from six experts across mental health, nutrition, fitness, life coaching, yoga, and financial planning. Shape and Foster is a one-stop shop for self-improvement, and it provides a proactive, informed, and community-based approach to improving your mental well-being, enhancing that quality of life by enabling the right practices and habits in a communal learning experience. Visit www.shapeandfoster.com for your free 14-day trial, and Callum, we're rooting for you here at Seeds. This is Leslie. And this is Liam. And we're trading money stress for real happiness. You are listening to Seeds, a 15-minute debrief on young people's common money challenges. Every episode, Liam and I will casually break down a wealth topic and occasionally we'll invite a friend to do so too. But not today, just Leslie and I today. And our right in icebreaker we got is Spotify, you're welcome for the little plug here, but <laughs> what is your, or who is your number one artist on your Spotify year round up unwrapped? Leslie, I'm going to start with you. Number one Spotify artist for 2020. I hope this is my number one for every single year of my life, but Amy Winehouse, I mean, come on. How could you not listen to Amy Winehouse every single day? <laughs> what about you, yeah, Leslie, we should have. Yeah, we, we should have had people like guess what yours was, and I think they might have got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but mine, uh, believe it or not, Jack Johnson was taken off of his throne this year and fell to number two. Yeah, uh, and taken over by Camp. Okay. Camp. And Camp. Not sure if you know him yet, Leslie. Know the name. They are from Ohio and used to play at my alma mater, Ohio University. Nice, nice. Um, just at a hole in the wall bar, and it was a $5 show, and now they're touring globally. And it's like, wow, that concert used to be $5 and a short walk from my college house. And now it, you need to go travel to see them. But anyway, they're, they're very, very talented. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, no guest today, but we did have a write in topic. Um, so, what was written in today is, is what does it mean to be income rich, but wealth poor, mm. right? And, and Leslie, I'm glad we're catching up today because I think this is a topic that you and I both have so much passion towards. And uh, honestly, a lot of what inspired us to be doing things like this and and kind of pioneering a, you know, a new thought towards wealth with Commonwealth Coach. So I want to start with you, Leslie. What does it mean to you, or I guess in a broad sense of income rich versus well poor? Yeah, it's such a good question. And I truly feel like you can think about it in the context of your own wealth journey, or you can even think about it in the context of people that you may know and, and 
see as celebrities. So my favorite example here is Ryan Lochte. Okay, I'm gonna date myself a little bit. If you remember this guy, he was like one of the top Olympic swimmers for the US, um, right there below uh, Michael Phelps and Katie Ledecky. But Ryan Lochte was huge, especially around the China uh, Olympics um, for swimming. And recently, so about a year ago, a year and some change ago, he kind of broke the internet saying that he went from earning millions to living paycheck to paycheck. And unfortunately, this is something that happens to a lot of celebrities, whether you are in the music industry or in the sports industry, or maybe even you're a doctor or a dentist. The thing that blows people's minds is that it's actually not the amount of income that you have that makes you wealthy. It is how you manage it. And poor Ryan, I hope he's doing well at this point, although I don't have a personal connection to him. He's just someone that I happen to know of. Poor Ryan, I hope he's going back from, you know, having that huge life change of kind of barely making it paycheck to paycheck to then kind of refinding himself as an Olympic swimmer and being able to use all of that cash flow to be able to help him with his wealth. But truly, Liam, there's no substitute for good management. There, the way that you manage $10 is going to be the same way that you manage $10,000 or $10 million. And for that reason, this idea of being income rich but asset poor is actually really important as you're starting to think about what does the future of your finances look like. When we talk about income, we're really talking about what comes into your direct deposit. So from your side hustle or your full-time job, um, having a high income is great, but if you don't use that income to invest in assets, really things that will continue to appreciate over time and maintain value within your portfolio, you might be in a very similar situation to, you know, the guys that Rob uh, picks on in, in Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You might be in a very similar situation to Ryan Lochte. You really, I really can't overstate how important the management piece is, regardless of if your income is $2,000 a month or $20,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Leslie, good point. Poor Ryan. Um, <laughs> But one of the things you mentioned, Leslie, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which was a book I was going to mention, something that I recommend everybody gets and reads. Um, It's an extremely opinionated book, so agree with what you want to, disagree with what you want to, but definitely worth (laughs) a read just to open up your perspective. Um, Leslie and I have gone back and forth a few times on what we both agree with and disagree with in the book, but I think it opens up a really interesting perspective on how to kind of build your wealth. And I think it's almost the whole book is kind of an example of rich versus wealthy, right? Of being income rich, but wealth poor. Mm. Um, and, and the author of the book, um, Robert Kiyosaki, is it Kiyosaki? Kiyosaki? You know, I call him Rob. I don't, I, I call him Robbie. Yeah, I call him Robbie K. Yeah, <laughs> I call him Robbie K. We go way back. Um, yeah. But, but he also has a blog now. It's called richdad.com. Mm-hmm. And he actually wrote an article on this topic of rich versus wealthy. Uh, what that means. And the article opens up with a question asking how much money would it take you to feel rich? And the average answer for 1000 people was 2.4 million. So everybody's thinking, okay, to be rich, I need $2.4 million. Mm -hmm. However, to feel wealthy is something completely different, right? A lot of people 
don't associate wealth with a dollar amount. It's more living the lifestyle that you want to live, which is something that we kind of preach every day, Leslie. Um, and, and Robbie Kay continues to, to allude to it in his book and say that wealth is measured in time, not dollars, mm. right? So that's where you can be income rich and you can be making all the money in the world, but you're spending every minute of your day working to make all of the money in the world. And you're not really living a wholesome, wealthy lifestyle, right? So you are wealth poor. You're spending every minute looking at your computer doing work. You're not seeing your family, right? You're not um, able to even spend your money because you don't have the time to. So wealth is, I think, opening up the time to do the things that you want to do to allow you to be the most ideal version of yourself rather than worrying about a dollar amount with every decision that you make. That's such a good point, Liam. And I'm astounded by the, what, 2.3, 2 2.4. 2.4 million is what it would take to feel rich on average. You know, and it's like, is that the, is that your balance on your checking account? Like you want $2.4 million connected to your debit card? I, I would certainly hope not. I would certainly hope not put some of that, you know, equity in in a house or a real estate investment property or a 401k or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm derailing here, but I think it's funny that you, all right. It's actually great that you kind of acknowledge our love hate relationship with with rich dad poor dad i think it's an incredible book just for the the way that it opens so many minds in the ability to think about cash flow and not just cash flow as a business but even thinking about yourself as a business and managing your cash flow if you were running a business and every single time you made money you had to pay off an expense that wouldn't allow you to grow the business that that is not a point that you want to be at. And so why think about your own money in the same way? And I I want to clarify too, as we're on the topic of rich dad, poor dad, one of the things that I feel most strongly about with this book is the notion or the underlying theme that like poor people choose to be poor. Just want to clarify here that I do not subscribe to that by any means. I feel like there are some pretty sincere assumptions that he makes in that book that can't really be widely applied. But your point, Liam, about how to really focus on wealth over riches is so, so, so important. So I don't know. I feel like we're we're really kind of scratching the, scratching the surface here on wealth versus being rich, on being income rich, but potentially asset poor. Liam, do you have any assets that you would recommend people to look into if they find themselves in the situation or let's say they're, you know, a high earner, but haven't been able to maintain some of that money as part of their portfolio. Any ideas you'd have there? Yeah, on on where they're kind of putting this money rather than just the into my bank account, out of my bank account. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and being a sunk cost. Which by um, the way, that is paycheck to paycheck. You can is. paycheck to paycheck if you're working a minimum wage job or if you're working at a incredibly well-paying job. To Liam's point, the wealth that we're trying to create does have a dollar amount, but also has to do with how can you make sure that the lifestyle you create for yourself is self-sustaining. And so continuing to try to make sure that you're not over-indexing, just I need more income, I need more income. Let's think about what else, 
What else should we be focusing on to make sure that your life is wealthy and not just in and out? Anyways, I interrupted you, Liam. No, no, no. Right, right. And I think that's exactly the point, Leslie. And, and the whole basis of like the rich dad, poor dad book. Uh, but another quote from it was, uh, the rich have lots of money, but the wealthy don't worry about money, right? So I think that's the goal of mm. being able to automate your money so you're not even worrying about it because you're not even equating anything to a dollar amount, right? So mm -hmm. thinking of investments that will make you money while you're not working, something that Leslie just did was bought a duplex, right? Duplex? Tri triplex? Two, was it, is it triplex? Yeah. Is okay, tri triplex. The right word? I think so. A three unit, a multifamily. <laughs> three units. Three, try something like that. If triplex <laughs> is not a word, it should be now. We um, just created a word. Get that in the dictionary. Yeah. It uh, could be a word though, we don't know. Mm -hmm. get, get a list, one of the listeners, write to us and let us know if that's a word, please. <laughs> um, but Leslie just bought a triplex, right? So she took her money, she reinvested that. Once she has tenants that are paying her, they're covering her mortgage. Once her mortgage is covered, they're just giving her net gains, right? So these are ways where Leslie took some of her income, so some of that money, something that does have a dollar amount, and put it into something where it's a wealth builder for her. Because yeah, right now it's an upfront investment, but she knows in 10 years, she'll probably be profiting and living for free potentially if they're paying off her mortgage from the tenants, right? So these are creative ways to think about how to become wealthy and not really worry about money because it's being made for you while you're just living in a house and other people are also living in other units of the house, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's several other ways where you can invest money. But Leslie, do you have any other thoughts beyond that? I might've taken your answer because I gave the example that you have in a living image of, but. <laughs> no, Liam, you, you summarized that perfectly. I don't think I could have said it better myself. The other thing I'll add is just with, you know, Commonwealth coaching, a business can also be an asset. Really anything that has value can be an asset to you. When we think about even the stock market, your holdings can be assets. Um, asset is a really, really broad term that just says you have something that potentially can be exchanged for monetary value, but also can continue to grow on its own. And that is, I think, the biggest takeaway for us. We wanna make sure that you, whether it's a home, a savings account, a 401k, in some other ways, let's make sure that that income is not going in and going straight out, but that you're actually generating wealth by saving some of that money. I know savings is a, a tough term. Saving some of that money to be able to actually have assets in your portfolio. Um, but honestly, team, this podcast is great because of you. It's really true that we wanna hear from you. We wanna hear your uh, random icebreakers. We wanna hear your challenges. We wanna hear your wins. So directions of words that might not be real. Please help us with uh, basic, yeah, basic spelling and the English language. Um, but please DM us on Instagram or Twitter. If you didn't hear our, our handle, you can find it in the podcast description. Yeah, and our community is all collectively pursuing happiness. So let us help you achieve your goals, celebrate you when you do, and vice versa. Uh, we're, we're excited to hear from you, so please do reach out. Yes, and by popular demand, feel free to sign up for our newsletter to get every episode in your inbox. And lastly, Liam, you're looking real nice with that red turtleneck today. I'm feeling the holiday spirit. You know what Always day it is, Leslie. Out.
You know what day of the week it is. On this recording, it is Tuesday, so that means it is a turtleneck Tuesday oh in the month of December. So red turtlenecks every Tuesday. And on the train, everybody. <laughs> Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Go in the week and we'll talk to you soon. Um,